This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome into another edition of Central Indiana Today here on 98.9 WYRZ. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program today. We are winding down 2016. It's been an incredible political year, both nationally and in the state of Indiana. And as we look back on 2016, we also look ahead to 2017. With us to help sort through the whole deal is our good buddy. He's a uh, political historian, also a data analyst extraordinaire, Mr. Scott Strong. Scott, how are you? I'm good. Good to have you with us. Did you have a Merry Christmas? Oh, I did. I had a great Merry Christmas. We can now say Merry Christmas again. Yes, we can. It's coming back into, you know, the, the we noticed that over the holidays that people are saying it more, are expecting it, and what I found out in dealing with, I work with India an awful lot, right. the UK and Germany, they never stopped saying Merry Christmas, and they're wondering, what's this Happy Holidays? They think when you say Happy Holidays, you didn't get your cards out in time. 
time. That's the reason you're saying happy holidays, because you were lazy and getting your Christmas cards out. All right, so for those who don't know, you're on the show quite a bit, but it's been a little while since we've had you on. You are uh, you work for a big four accounting firm. Yep. And your uh, day job, you're, you look at numbers and trends and patterns. Yes. And then your night job, uh, when you're trying to go to bed late at night, is you use this for political stuff to yes. try to determine uh, how things might happen, why things might happen. And uh, you... Uh, you also have a blog that you do this on, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Tell us I about do, that. I do a little podcast, and um, we cover relevant business issues with predictive analysis and what's going to happen in the markets, trending three to six, nine months ahead in advance. And then also we tie that back into political policy and public policy about what's going on in our country. Okay. So uh, we were talking before we went on the air. Let's look ahead before we look uh, uh, behind, because mm-hmm. people are, the, the now is now, and the past yes. is the past. The past is fun, but it doesn't really affect us outside of knowing what to predict in the in the future. Right. Uh, 2017, you think, is shaping up to be very interesting very quickly as it relates to uh, uh, God Emperor Donald J. Trump. Yes. So we, we've talked about predictive patterns on the show before. So what we're going to see is expect a roller coaster ride in these next, especially first three to four months as he starts to implement in his policies. We're seeing a lot of things. The markets are responding very favorably to him coming online. So that's the reason you're seeing the Dow up nearly 20,000. At some point, it will go over 20,000. Does the stock market matter? Because to me, the whole thing was built on uh, phony, phony baloney money printing, and people said we got to put this money somewhere, so let's put it in the market because we don't trust anything else. What does the market matter? Yes, it does. Um, so when you take a look at like the Dow, what they're doing is they're oftentimes speculating, um, which is a basically fun part of guess guessing, and they're saying what's going to happen six to nine months out. They're expecting Trump's policies to better have a very good impact on the U.S. economy. That's the reason the Dow's. Fl- with the $20,000 $20, mark. And so what's going to happen as these things come along, they, that's the reason you see gas prices spike when, you know, there's a, you know, a spill in Nigeria or something. They say, well, that's going to hurt us here. And so what's happening is it's very positive as a lot of his policies are going to be coming forward, such as inclusion. So help me understand this, because the stock market's very good under Obama, Mm -hmm. but obviously the American people said the economy's not working for us. So how does that jive that the stock market's doing great, but yet Main Street says... uh, not working for us and states that haven't gone red in a very long time went red how does that jive together if a stock market is the indicator of uh of what's good and what's not yeah so that's a very good question so let's step back and take a look at it from a little bit of a different view and so when we take a look at tax policy and the things because that's what affect businesses whether they're going to invest they're going to hold into their money and so what's happened is the federal rate funds rate has been so low for so long that money has been cheap so it's easy to run a business it's easy to get money and so what that does to a business it allows them to do but what we're looking at is Trump is looking at bringing back all of the money overseas. Now, the economists say that there's $2 trillion offseas. Now, if it comes into the U.S. today, we would hit it at a 35% tax rate. Trump wants 
to take that down to 15%. Economists say it's probably not $2 trillion, it's probably double that. So all of a sudden, if you have 15% tax revenues coming in, the federal government could do well, plus all that money would be spent on buying new businesses, and it could be a boom to the economy. I've never under... Help me try to get inside the mind of these people, because I've never understood this. They, the, Obama, not a, not a dumb guy, mm-hmm. you know, we may not agree with his policies, not a, not a dumb guy. He knows the money's out there. He knows it's not coming back under uh, the current policy. He knows his shaming isn't getting anyone right. to bring them back. But yet he does nothing to try to bring the money back. Why would he not do something like this? Because, as we said, getting 15% of something is better than 100% of zero. Well, there's different things on that because he's gone after a different segment of the population. One of the populations, he's very close to Silicon Valley. And Silicon Valley has been advising him over these last eight years. And what they've been doing is they're saying, hey, look, we if we bring that money back, we don't want to bring all the jobs here. What we want to do is we want to bring in foreign immigrant workers on the H-1V1 process. And I, I talked to this about Todd Rakita, our congressman. And basically what this does is if I can bring somebody in on an H-1 visa, they can only work for me, and then I don't have to pay them a great sum. I can pay them less than I pay the U.S. worker, and then this allows me to continue to set up businesses and export jobs and things outside the U.S. where I can get it cheap, and then I have no trade barriers to bring it back into the U.S. So it can be a boom for the stockholder, which is why the stock market is up, but it's not a boom to the U.S. worker. And very interesting. Again, our guest is Scott Strong, presidential historian, political historian, uh, data analyst. Uh, One of the things that Trump obviously did was he set in motion a caveat of chaos here in the state of Indiana by picking Mike Pence. That's a bad thing. But obviously when all the musical chairs settled, Eric Holcomb was uh, was the is now the governor of the state of Indiana. Yes. And I saw Holcomb the other day. I was getting ready to do my podcast with our buddy Merritt, the mm-hmm. Capital Happenings podcast. And uh, he was out there by himself, just sort of standing by himself. And he, you know, said hello and waved and said Merry Christmas. And I was thinking... Does anybody know who this guy is? Like, <laughs> yes. He's the governor that nobody knows who he is. Well, all the people behind the scenes, believe me, know who he is and what he stands for. And he's he's moving forward on some policy. He's not shaking things up. A lot of the appointees are, are people that have been in the Mitch Daniels or were reappointed from the Pence administration. So he's got the bridge over to two of them. So right now what they're doing is probably a deep dive on some of the things of where they can invest to get the most bang for their buck in Indiana to spur our economy along. Again, our guest is uh, Scott Strong. So let's talk a little bit about some of these appointments. Now, I never, uh, until very recently, paid attention to these agency head appointments. Mm -hmm. And I guess I started paying more attention here in the past year or so when they started uh, talking with Trump about them. But on a local level, on a state level, they're a huge deal, too. And I'm oh, sure yes. you're following these department heads, some new faces coming in. What do you think about these people that, that Holcomb's appointing, and what does it tell us? Yeah, I think it tells us that he's going back to the crux of what brought him to office is the Mitch Daniels administration. And so you've seen this with his chief of staff. You've seen this with some of his political appointees so far that are coming in. And basically, this is important because... 
the governorship really has influence over about 11 or 1200 political appointees either to allow them to keep their jobs or to bring new people in and then there's some people that are just saying hey I've been around long enough I need to go out but what it does it gives a continuality of a philosophy so we've had 12 years so we could have another 8 years of things and this was the thing they they criticized Rick Perry on in Texas he was around so long that he had appointed everybody and (laughs) you know everybody was his man it's interesting I of course I'm doing this dual role with WIBC Mm -hmm. and on Friday I I talked about um, the gift that Indiana was to Donald Trump and and by the way it's so much different over there. Like, I got to come yes. up with my own content. This is easy. I get to sit and talk to you and say, Strong, go on for 10 minutes and I'll go have a soda. But uh, I, I talked about, I said, one of the things that a lot of people don't talk about with what Indiana got to Trump is what Trump gave back to Indiana, which yes. is a chance to showcase our state. Yes. I mean, Mike Pence obviously was picked because Indiana has done very well. A lot of people will say Pence had nothing to do with it, but the bottom line is it was a nice showcase for Indiana. How do we capitalize? How does Holcomb, I guess you would say, capitalize? on uh, that great national publicity Indiana got. I saw he just did an overseas uh, an overseas trip. Yeah, so he's probably going to continue to do those things. Those are great press releases and things to put in the paper. It also continues to bring people here. Of course, he can play heavily on the fact that he was lieutenant governor for the now the setting vice president of the United States when he goes on these trips. And so that will be helpful. But really what this is, it goes back to the philosophy that Mitch Daniels. Mitch Daniels was to the Republican Party what Evan Bayh was to the Democrats. If it wasn't for Mitch Daniels, we wouldn't have gotten the House. We wouldn't have gotten the Senate. We wouldn't have got this trifecta that's there. And so basically what Holcomb has to do is he has to continue to run the gamut. So And they are. The, the policies are being driven much out from Brian Bosma out of the House and David Long out of the Senate. And so he can focus on some things. And now they can get into some of the issues. One of the issues that's coming up is this whole thing about training and budgets and who does training in the state because it's really spread out. And of course, they've got to go back and deal with the education issue as well uh it, it politics in state politics especially and and i guess on some level national politics is interesting because and it's why i hate it i hate it because there are guys out there who you don't want on your team but mm-hmm. it, because it is such a numbers game yep and especially in the senate it's a big numbers game where hey We'd rather have 52 Republicans, even if you can't stand 10 of them, just because you want the Republicans to control, especially the nomination process for agency heads and yep. and uh, and the Supreme Court, which is probably the most important thing. One of the guys that a lot of people on the conservative side, the, it's like going to Christmas. You know, there's always a couple family members that you're like, well, we got to be nice to this guy for, yeah. for a couple of days and then move on. And you're nice to your guy, the guy on your team during election. But then afterwards, you're like, ah, I don't really like that guy, and I don't really want him on our team, but he's got to be on our team. Todd Young strikes me as that sort of guy, the guy that everybody's like, oh, geez, okay, fine. So now Young has been elected. He's been sworn mm-hmm. in or will be sworn in, and uh, now he's going to get held accountable by a lot of people who went and knocked on doors for him. What sort of senator do you think we're going to get from Todd Young? I think he's going to follow the traditions. Of course, the, the, the whole Washington elite is is in kind of a turmoil because they're all thrilled to be in the party of power, but they're not quite sure what Donald Trump's going to do with them. And I would say this is their make-or-break moment. Much in the 
state government. The difference here in the state government is is that Holcomb has that line item veto. Right. So if there's even one little thing in that state that they don't like, he can veto it and he can destroy all everybody else's consensus. Now in the federal government, it's not quite that way. But what we found is he's already. Trump has been able to tweet, and so he gets around these guys, and it, you can see that it's going to have some major impact on Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell because they want to just be the guys in power. Well, there was an interesting article on Politico the other day, and you take Politico for mm-hmm. what it's worth, but uh, they were talking about these House reps who have gone against Trump, not gone against him, but maybe questioned some of his stuff, and the blowback, not from Trump, but from the Trump, uh, the army of Trump people— and it wasn't even that bad, uh, the, the stuff they said. Now, Politico is trying to create a story maybe where there's not one. But I'm telling you what, right now, if I were a member of the U.S. House of Representatives or the United States Senate, I would tell leadership, you guys are on your own. I'm with the Trumpster. <laughs> what, I mean, I think these guys are in for a very rude awakening if they think they have any semblance of power. Yes, I think what's going to happen is we are probably going to have a Justice Department. So the very things that Obama kind of used in his presidency to exert power, you're going to see Trump do a little bit of the opposite. One of the things he's going to do is he's going to start to expose. We talked about this um, on our, our previous interview about Andrew Jackson, how he went after corruption. If there's one thing that you can do is if you start pulling those strings, it's kind of like a thread on a sweater. You start pulling it. If his Justice Department really starts going after people, of the cronyism and the capitalism and the things that are out here, all of a sudden you will see these guys run for the hills and they'll support everything he wants them to support, hoping that he doesn't come after them in their area of special interest. It's one of the things on IBC that we'll be talking about this week is a lot of these people, because they don't want to... They can't separate Mr. Trump, the character, from Donald Trump, the person. And they lost to Mr. Trump, the character, when it was Donald Trump behind the the scenes pulling the strings on his own character. And what they can't accept the fact is Donald Trump is a brilliant guy. Yes. And Mr. Trump, the character, is not Donald Trump, the person. And Donald Trump, the person, is a brilliant guy. And if you think he doesn't know what he's doing... You're in for a very rude awakening. Yeah, think of the Wizard of Oz. Yes. Like, don't, don't pay attention to that guy behind the screen over there. Yeah. You know, but So he's going to bring in a lot of things, and he's made it very transparent what he's going to do. He's going to come after things, and the difference is all he has to do in a lot of cases is just enforce the rule of law. That's right. So you look at the people that Trump has nominated to uh, these positions, and it looks like a ragtag band of misfits mm-hmm. on the surface. Very brilliant, rich misfits. But, yes. uh, but you look at them and you say, no, there is a general theme to this. And Donald Trump does know how he wants to govern. And he does have a philosophy. And he yep. does have what he wants to do. I'm very impressed with the cabinet picks. I don't know about you. Yeah, I am too. And mostly because the people he's picking are not beholding to special interest or people. They want to actually get something done, and they're not going to be influenced. And then they're going to have Trump, they're going to come in the cabinet meetings, and he's going to be on them too, not to go that way and not allow special interest because he's not beholding to them. So he's going to do what's good for the country and for the people. How great is it that he picked Linda McMahon yes. to be in the cabinet? Yes, the wild world of wrestling I mean, has made great. it to D.C. Who's I'm, Who better fit to... It's wonderful. I, I'm so... Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I I said this yesterday on IBC uh, when we were talking about Trump and his ties to pro wrestling. I said, you know, uh, 
the guy who decides he's going to run for president. This is a guy that once clotheslined Vince McMahon in the you know the yes. marquee event at a WrestleMania. As I said, you know, you had me at hello when that happened. <laughs> yeah. But uh, again, our guest is Scott Strong. We're talking about a little bit of uh, some of the big things we're looking forward to in 2017, as well as taking a look back at 2000 and uh, 2016. Uh, Let's look ahead. Let's jump ahead to 2018. I know people are going, oh, my gosh, yep. we just got done with 2016. We're not even done with 2016. The big uh, fish in Indiana is Joe Donnelly. Yes, he's the last vestige of Democratic power at the state level because— He's the, it? He's it. He is it. He's the leader. The only other person out there is Joe Hogsett, which they're already trying to get him to run. He'll run for mayor in 2019, and they'd like to see him challenge um, our setting governor, which will be Holcomb, in 2020. All right, so Donnelly, I got something in the mail the other day, and I don't know who it was from because, look, I'm a decided voter, okay? <laughs> yes, you are. And, and, and I'm not saying one way or another. I— uh, I, I am open to voting other sides, even though I am a Republican. Uh, I do vote for libertarians. Um, and I got a, a, a mailer, and it had Trump's picture on it. And uh, I thought, oh, cool, something from Trump. So mm-hmm. I opened it up, and it was an anti-Donley mailer asking him to vote on certain issues a certain yes. way. And I thought, oh, they're starting early. Yes, they're already starting to hit him up. I've seen the ads on YouTube and thing. Um, call Joe Donnelly and have him support the new Donald Trump economic team. Right. Now, because Donnelly's come out. Now, Donnelly's playing with fire because he's already said on one of these nominees that he's a, he's a no. Yep. And, uh, again, especially if I were a Democrat because we saw uh, – Mansion, the guy from West Virginia, went yeah. to the uh, Trump Towers and came out and said how great Trump was. I- I'm calling that Mansion switches parties here within the next three to four months. What do you think? Yes, they're really. They thought that was even election night that he was already floating that out there because he doesn't. When you're on the losing side, you don't have any power in the Senate. Well, and it's nice to see that once it might happen for the side that I tend to support because it was we remember uh, jumping Jim Jeffords yep. that totally. S- messed over the Republicans there in the uh, after the 2000 election when yep. Bush won and it took control of the Senate from the, the Republicans. But uh, uh, Donnelly, if I were Donnelly, and we like Donnelly, Donnelly's on the show, he's, mm-hmm. he's a nice guy, I would not be picking a fight with Donald Trump in a state that Trump won easily. It's all Republicans. I would be saying, why? Uh, yes, sir, Mr. Trump. What would you like me to vote on today? Yeah, he's going to be in a tough place because he has to fight this. You know, everybody, you see this in the, the, the President Obama's last press press meetings. It's like everybody's, he's like, you're still in power. Do something one more time. Pardon another 218 yeah. people today or something. Donnelly's getting this press from the Democratic left because they're the ones that are left and they are really left as composed to the others so he's got to walk a very tight line and he's going to try to pick some issues that shows that he still deserves their support because if he doesn't have it he's done but he also wants to be enough moderate that he can attract the republicans so he can beat whoever runs against him in 2018 i was thinking about this the other day that we are in uncharted waters in american politics where i literally see i see this happening with these endangered democrats like mansion uh Heidekamp, Donnelly, these guys do something that Trump doesn't like, whatever it is. I mean, it's like a... It's like a spouse that has done something very bad, and you know your your yep. wife, husband or wife is getting ready to leave you, so you literally just keep doing whatever they want to try to keep them there, and you know yep. the one thing you don't do, that's going to be the end of it. Or Trump goes to the state, has a huge rally to fire who fill in yep. the blank. And there is an unruly mob that tends to show up to the Trump rallies, and they just basically, you know, end the guy's career right there. 
Yeah, so what's going to happen in 2018, two-thirds of the Senate, or a third of the Senate is up, but two-thirds of those seats that are up are held by Democrats. And Joe Donnelly is one in one of the red Republican states. So we're probably going to have as much money put into that race in 2018 as what we've seen in the Todd Young, Evan Bayh race in 2016. Who are we hearing? I heard Messer's name on the Republican side. I, have, I think yep. our Palsky Rakito would be would be nice. Yep. Uh, got, who who are we hearing? Um, Brooks also that uh, also ran for governor. So you've got a couple of three people that are out there already kind of headlining it. Even Greg Ballard um, as a possible candidate. Um, I don't know who it will be, so it will probably have to be shifted out into the primary. But I suspect we'll have a huge Republican fight in the primary from probably a couple of major figures like congressmen running for that office. Because let's keep in mind, the only reason Donnelly has this job to begin with is Murdoch couldn't keep his mouth shut. Yes, he, he totally had a, a foopaw in a debate, and that took him down. And so that was, a, that was a very interesting election, but they also had a lot of things that are swaying towards them. So um, the good news for Donnelly is it's not a major presidential election. He wouldn't want to run in 2020. Right. Um, so this is a chance that he can come out. Um, the question is, he'll probably do some internal polling. If it looks like he's going to win, he could poll an Evan buy and drop out but uh more than likely i suspect he'll try to hang on okay we wind down with this uh the republican party was giving out all sorts of awards oh yes yes like i don't need i guess they call them the chairman's award chairman's award the wabash wabash now there are two different things you know the sagamore the wabash is supposed to be for great uh great works in the yes. state mm-hmm. non-political right uh the chairman's award for the republicans is supposed to be for good works for the republicans now, yes i did not get anything I noticed that. <laughs> How did I? Yeah. The guy that Donald Trump said was really terrific, and Mike Pence told me I was great, and I had all the... How did I not get anything? Well, this is quite common. You'll notice President Obama did the same thing. He gave his presidential freedom awards to Oprah and all of his personal right. you know, people in D.C. And so this is kind of like Pence and his last chance to kind of award people. You know, I seen Kelly Mitchell was on the list. Yeah, um, yeah. So I asked Merritt. I said, now the politicians are getting these Sangamore of the Wabash things. And that's like sort of a no-no because like you get paid to be a politician mm-hmm. uh, that's why you run and everything else and now you're getting these and we love kelly kelly's very yes. nice um but it's sort of like i i told merit i said are these like presidential pardons like everybody gets a <laughs> gets a pardon at the end of the the minister what is going on here yeah, so uh, that's kind of done. It's sort of, it's like putting a bunch of money into the economy. You're deflating the meaning of the award when everybody gets one. Yeah, so what happens is there's, this is kind of sometimes their way to thank people on the way out of office. You've seen David Cameron, the UK pr- Prime Minister of London, give a lot of knighthoods and stuff. Right. <laughs> recommended knighthoods to the Queen, um, which happens over there. So it's kind of a thank you. The While it's a big honor for those people, it makes a blip on the press. Um, it's usually one of those things that just kind of goes in their bio but most of the public don't remember it going on in, in the all future. seriousness though here's the thing that looks really bad to me i'm gonna say this i'm gonna get a bunch of trouble but i don't care but i think we know that but yes. i do not care That's right. um you know get in line you don't like me there the line is a mile long uh he gave pence he pence gave a bunch of these to his staff mm-hmm. and that really bothers me because those people are paid government workers and mike pence getting to be vice president that's not warranting of a sagamore of the wabash i mean you look at some of the local people i think of and i will not mention their names because i'm sure they don't they don't want to be associated with this commentary at all but you think about the people that have received this award and the prestige of it giving it to your staffers that's a really bad move, and it really dilutes it. It was like, like you said, like Obama handing out all these me- medals, medals of freedom. freedom. Yeah. yeah, and 
I love Bruce Springsteen, but he got one too. And you look and go, I think the guy that lost a leg in Iraq is probably a little bit more deserving. And it just, that really frustrates me because it dilutes the efforts of the other people who have received them for actually doing things for our state. Yeah, we've seen this in a lot of places. We've seen this at the Academy Awards. We've seen Michael Moore getting a, you know, you know, award for his documentary that was supposed to be truth, but was, you know, people could say that it wasn't. So bottom line is this is kind of their way. Mike Pence is basically saying, I'm done with Indiana. I'm not running here anymore. I'm on the national stage. This is a place that I can say thank you to all my people and I can move on. Um, for most people, it, you kind of understand that it is what it is, but, um, going forward they're basically saying hey there's a chance for me to thank these people who have done a good job for me because i'm in a position now here's where i get frustrated on the gop awards because i get that these are just let's pat each other on the Mm -hmm. back that we live in a red state that's r plus six it's like uh you know the it's like company that is a multi multi you know conglomerate that still makes a bunch of money and they go hey we had a great year this year well no kidding you know that's right uh but uh, none of the people to me this is a very simple equation. I'm not talking about myself, even though I like to jab these establishment people and make them very angry. Um, the only reason y'all are here is because some of us supported Donald Trump in the beginning. And yes. had y'all not, if had we not won, because remember, these people were very mean to us. They were very mean. Um, Todd Young doesn't win if Donald Trump's not at the top of the nope. ticket. And uh, probably there's not a Republican Secretary of Education. Nope. And there's probably not a Republican governor. Yep. And so I'm very disappointed that the Trump people, and I'm not talking about myself, I'm talking about the people who actually worked very, very, very hard. And I won't mention their names because, again, I'm sure they're cringing, going, no, don't say my name. Um, these people were not the ones that get these awards. And they're the ones who deserve these, these chairman awards because Donald Trump is the reason Indiana stayed red. And these are the people that got Donald Trump elected. Yeah, so in the primary. Well, part of this it boils down to this: both parties do it. Democrats are not. Um, you know, they've done it on their side when they get the chance, or they're in the political power. You still see Obama doing this. I think what is happening here is, and I, I, I spoke with one of the insiders, and as they said, this election was a mulligan. <laughs> this was one more shot for the Republicans to get it right. The third party movement will come back again and can form if they don't govern as they have promised. There's a lot of Trump supporters that have supported it, but if the Republicans don't get online, they don't get onto the train. These things will be fodder for a third party to use and will emerge probably out of the Republican Party or the people who voted Trump. Scott, great job as always. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for being here. Hey, don't forget to miss any part of today's conversation. Check out the podcast anytime you want. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. Listen from the listen to the show right from your smartphone or tablet anytime you want. Just search Central Indiana Today. As always, the podcast presented by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the 2 for 250 and 2 for $5. 
They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.